thank you very much for the invitation to this conference. It's been a wonderful conference in this last less than a day, but uh, it's been I've learned so much, and it's a really interesting discussion. So, very it's uh, difficult to follow that last presentation uh, about Yatze Kuron, and uh, yes, I'll try to provide some kind of context for understanding the opposition as a whole and uh, in that in that way also talk a little bit as Anya suggested about Yatsek's um, Yatsek's own transformations within the within the opposition and what a powerful legacy that opposition had that dissident opposition and uh, we were talking about the the term itself, uh, we use the term dissidents in English a lot. Is that really the appropriate term? Uh, in Eastern Europe and Poland, they call themselves an opposition. Darius Stolas yesterday suggested that it wasn't supposed to be an opposition in Poland, and that in fact there, could, there was an opposition, he said, uh, uh, only in 1988 when they were no longer arrested as such. And yet, and yet I think that's uh, somewhat of an exaggeration, right? I mean, there was an opposition. Poland was a place where um, people with views like that, with views even, I was struck, as you mentioned, right, how Kishchak, or was it Jaruzelski, who saw him as someone who's going to attack him, as someone so threatening, and yet someone who was not perpetually in jail during that time, right? Which uh, uh, leaders of other regimes with, which would have seen someone as such a threat uh, probably would have, um, you would have sat even much longer, much longer in jail. Uh, I, you know, I was struck that one of the ways I got into this subject, I'm from the United States, but always, well, was always interested in Eastern Europe as the, um, uh, the supposed other, right? I, growing up, to, you know, in order to talk about American politics, Western politics, and you'd say something critical. I was still a, a, a Cold War child, and uh, and they would say, "Well, what about Russia? What about Eastern Europe?" So I said, "Well, I'm going to learn that, learn that uh, uh, world, and uh, uh, could maintain criticisms of both, right?" Uh, and I was went to the Soviet Union, and I was interested in learning more about opposition in Eastern Europe. And in fact, in the mid-70s, I, I, uh, I was studying in the Soviet Union, and uh, then I went to Poland, and in Poland there was an opposition already emerging, already able to uh, uh, be active in some sort or another, starting in the mid-1970s. So, uh, so, so there was an opposition there. It was a new type of opposition, the one that emerged in the 1970s, the one that Jacek Koren was a part of, the one, the opposition that uh, led the way to the roundtable round table negotiations. So it was a new type of opposition that, that said you can change the state, you can change politics, but not by directly challenging the state, right? Not by a frontal assault, a frontal assault, uh, or a frontal challenge on its right to control the state, right? This was the opposition that was so very different from that that had emerged beforehand, 
uh, and they themselves dis distinguish themselves from that revisionist opposition of the uh, post-Stalinist period, uh, the immediate post-Stalinist period, a revisionist opposition that wanted to transform the party, that believed it could transform the party, that was having some success, it seemed, for a while in the late 1950s in transforming the party. Uh, and uh, when it didn't succeed, and particularly in Poland, when the party became dominated by a, a, a nationalist contingent in the 1960s, you had this new opposition breaking from that and uh, adopting a very different program altogether, one that had a lot of connection with, uh, uh, with uh, activists in the new left in the West, a lot of these young activists saw themselves in solidarity with uh, um, 1968 activists in the West with, of course, different views on global, global politics. But the focus that they, that they put forth for how to transform politics without directly challenging the state was this um, focus on initiatives, independent initiatives. Um, I called it as... Uh, uh, Michal cited in the, the title of my book, A Politics of Anti-Politics. Right? A politics where, again, the effort was about a free and a free society we're going to create, a free self-governing society um, without any specific political line. There was a question yesterday I liked very much about the vision Right? Someone said that, that uh, the Poles seem to have had a vision that uh, she thought was lacking elsewhere in Eastern Europe. Um, uh, Timothy Gartnash responded that, that there was, they did have a vision, a vision of market democracy. And yet, and yet I was thinking about that, and in some ways, and in some ways that might be uh, you know, almost, I forget the exact phrase you were using, this, this uh, fallacy of historical inevitability. I mean, yes, they certainly came around to a position of uh, a parliamentary democracy, and yet in its foundation, certainly in the early 19 and mid-1970s, it wasn't quite market democracy, I think, that, uh, that that was the vision that guided them. That seemed something perhaps desirable, but also unobtainable. And also this focus on the independent initiatives, on people doing things on their own. This uh, not, not as much of a focus on representativeness, uh, but rather on encouraging all kinds of social initiatives, really to swamp the system with social initiatives. Right? Or, organize on your own, do-it-yourself politics. Um, they uh, famously formed and Cordon was instrumental in this, but not only Cordon, Cordon and Michnik, and of course, uh, Antoni Macerevich, who was a complete other uh, side politically today from um, uh, that, that old opposition group has split up, but they were united in this formation of the Committee to Defend the Workers, CORE, in 1976, and again, one that's whole raison d'etre was to encourage independent initiatives, uh, an anticipatory democracy to create the kind of society in the future uh, every day, to live it now. And again, this was, this was a very innovative 
type of politics. It's through them that this whole idea of civil society uh, re-entered re -entered the, uh, um, the lexicon. We have Professor Pelchinsky here who uh, wrote in, edited, wrote a lot of work on this in the late 1970s uh, talking about the East European experience about this element of independent civil society not connected either to the state, not connected to the market, right? One that's focusing on independence, on autonomy. Again, a new conception of politics where we're not going to, where we're going to look at politics as not just about state power. That's what was so exciting as well about this opposition, right? And that's its connection to those new tendencies in the West. That we understand radical change as not being about just conquering the uh, heights of power, right? That political power is not going to transform us. That that's what our parents did. That's what the other generation of revolutionaries did. That focusing everything on the state, on having power. And yet here, understanding that you know, people, a, a changed world can only be brought about by changed people. Right? That, that, that transformation has to go on all the time. And so uh, there was that, again, that focus on the initiatives from small clubs and small associations to bigger associations. And there was also, of course, a very strong connection with workers. Right? The movement itself, the core, its uh, official name, the Committee to Defend the Workers, um, and what were the links of them to workers? Well, I think there are, I think there are a great many. Um, this, this, uh, this link of uh, uh, intellectuals and workers that was so crucial to, the, uh, to, to, to 1980, and in fact to allowing 1989 to come about. So on the one hand, there was, well, Obviously, it, it, it was an acceptable frame, one could say, right? Communist ideology officially lauded the workers. Uh, the system was particularly vulnerable on that score, right? Intellect, uh, uh, ideologically vulnerable. Um, but that's far from the only, the only aspect of this, right? It was, in fact, I think, one of the lesser aspects of this. This opposition also saw itself as being uh, as, as one that could succeed, that needed to succeed with cooperation with, with workers. They had their own left, left habitus, I would say, their own left style, right? A style of being together with people. They did see a lot, uh, thought highly of that mobilization in, in, in the West that brought students and workers together, particularly in France of 1968. Uh, and they saw that, uh, right, that, that there was a lot joining them together. Um, of course, East European countries, sometimes we forget this, but these were, these were countries that were workers' countries, workers' countries in the sense that communist systems, what they did when they came to power in the 1940s in Eastern Europe was to set about building factories to turning, turning peasants into proletarians, uh, to have, they built giant factories and enterprises. Uh, people got their 
social welfare, uh, state coverage. They dealt with state administration largely through the workplace. Right? Workers were citizens. Citizens were workers. There was that the, the system was built around around that. So this whole idea of workers even being separate from intellectuals, although it has a deep tradition in Polish uh, 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 in Polish culture, a Polish schlachta intellectual tradition that often had a lot of distinctions from workers. Uh, for for those who grew up during the communist period, in all kinds of ways, there are this there is this. Um, uh, solidarity that emerged again from the kind of system that was that was built. Um, then it, another key aspect of this is that because of the nature of the communist system, where the uh, uh, the party state was the employer of everybody, there was also even a, a, a structural location. It was entirely possible. Uh, if not inevitable, for workers themselves, uh, for intellectuals themselves to see that their structural position was that like workers. They too were working for an employer uh, that was uh, uh, working for the state, ultimately. Um, the state, the, the party was, was uh, the kind of monopolist of, uh, uh, of, of giving jobs. It also made itself what I sometimes called the monopsonist of anger, the one that accumulated all anger, the one that any kind of opposition would be focused on the state, on the party, because they claimed that they were responsible for things changing. When prices go up in the West, of course, as we know, and as polls came to know soon after 1989, uh, you don't know exactly who's responsible. Why, where should we be angry? Where's our frustration against? when prices went up in the uh, uh, communist system, and of course this was the immediate cause for um, changes for protests in Poland, you knew exactly who was responsible for this. So, so this opposition, right, that talked about independent initiatives, that focused on civil society, that brought that notion of independent public sphere, and we're going to transform politics, not by directly uh, uh, attacking politics, but by transforming society, creating an independent society uh, that, that, that will change the state in an indirect way. This was central to its, uh, to its uh, um, well, this was what that opposition what was about. And this connection with workers was so central to that as well. Now let's jump ahead a little bit to 1980, uh, to the workers, the workers' strike uh, in in Gdansk, and there we see this these connections that had developed during core uh, being being repaid very quickly. That is, uh, there were strikes in Gdansk, and as the strikes developed and <coughs> a week or 10 days or so before the accord was signed that the workers themselves invited a group of intellectuals up to the shipyard to help, uh, to help negotiate with them. Key members of the opposition became key advisors to solidarity. Anya already mentioned about how Michnik and Koron uh, were important and uh, 
Fuenza would not have the round table negotiations in 1989 without them, but also they have played an important role starting, starting in 1980. Uh, and so you had this period during the legal solidarity, the 16 months of great cooperation on all levels. That was something, you know, I had been in Poland for the first time in the mid-1970s, but was there for several months during that legal solidarity period, traveling around the country, uh, being at different meetings in factory towns, and, uh, and uh, uh, seeing this connection, seeing this continual presence of uh, intellectuals, as it were, in factories, um, and, and, see, and, and, and coming to the, the talks that, that intellectuals would give and workers coming to, uh, there was that, there, it, it was a rather special kind of time, but one that was built by that opposition that had focused so much about that. Now, let's jump, this, we're, cel we're commemorating, celebrating here the 25th anniversary of the round table negotiation. So let's, let's jump into that period after uh, martial law. Martial law declared in December 1981. Uh, Anya was talking about uh, Cordon and in internment and uh, some of his experiences in prison. Cordon had been in prison several years before uh, the solidarity period as well as several years afterwards. Now, this is a period after 1981, after December 1981, in which uh, that kind of opposition uh, begins, to, begins to change. Uh, the party, of course, changed too in important ways. Uh, there was a discussion about that yesterday as well. But uh, the dissidents, or this opposition, also changed very much. On the one hand, of course, right, 1981 ended in collapse, uh, ended in failure. Uh, and it was one that uh, the party, no doubt, was chiefly responsible for. In my, in my earlier, um, my first book in 1990, I was talking about the, the possibility of a, of a solution, a, a kind of tripartite solution, uh, a kind of roundtable solution in 1981. And I think there, there were conditions for that, even some conditions within the party. But nevertheless, for a number of reasons, uh, people not being prepared internally, you still hadn't had a change in the uh, Soviet leadership, that didn't come about. But afterwards, after 1981, uh, there was a rethinking on the part of the opposition for what, what had happened, what had, what had gone wrong. Um, that uh, it seemed that it hadn't been enough. Well, clearly it hadn't been enough. Solidarity movement hadn't been enough to topple the system. And what are, the, what are some of the reasons for this? Uh, Alex Smoldar yesterday uh, was talking about how he, in 1989, was a little skeptical about the prospects for transformation because of the kind of movement that solidarity was. Is it a little bit uh, perhaps too collectivist, uh, a little bit too socialist? This is in fact a critique that many of that opposition started putting forth in about 1983 or so. That is, there was some, some spe uh, skepticism now about 
the possibilities of transforming the system by, by participation. Yatsek Kuron, uh, in an interview he gave uh, soon before the end of uh, the legal solidarity period, and yet one he didn't want published at the time, was published only later, you know, gave his own kind of self-criticism that, you know, we thought so much that, that we would provide possibilities for people to engage politically and to uh, engage in their own initiatives uh, on their own, and yet we perhaps underestimated how much people want to do other things, right? How much they, uh, they don't care to get involved so much in politics. He didn't quote it, but it might remind one of uh, Oscar Wilde's, of course, famous quip, right? That the problem with socialism is that it takes too many evenings, right? Uh, and so, quote uh, on himself, seemed to, seemed to have some reservations. So there was, you know, some skepticism about about their own anti-politics. And also, right, here we get to market democracy with a focus on market starting to become a real element in the thinking of the opposition. Now, when Solidarity began in August 1980, you know, there's no, there's no new, there's no neoliberalism. There's not even any Thatcherism yet. Thatcher is in power a few months. There's no Thatcherism that, that is widely understood. Reagan is not yet in power. This is still a time uh, that uh, uh, the social, social democracy, which uh, had been so strong in that post-war period, is still a kind of dominant ideology. But of course, as we know, that changes very greatly right around this time, right? Right around that time that solidarity is uh, uh, well, the, the first solidarity experience goes on. Uh, and by 1982, 83, 84, that's when there's talk of Thatcherism, Reaganism, in uh, uh, France, Mitterrand is in power and then makes his about face. Right? So then it becomes a new kind of idea and a new kind of focus on markets. I remember being present in um, uh, uh, Poland, in 1984, uh, when a lot of opposition are still, is still in jail, Koron is still in jail, um, but a lot of solidarity intellectuals are having meetings, having discussions, talking about, talking about things, and there's a big fascination with, uh, with the market. Right? Scarce underground resources are used to uh, publish Hayek in an underground version. Um, and uh, people who had been among the leaders in focusing on self-management ideas are now promoting the ideas of uh, property rights. And so there are all right, a different kind of interpretation about what is necessary, what, uh, about some of the flaws of, of the solidarity period. Now, you know, there's, there's a real intellectual rethinking, right? Some people, you know, have, have uh, talked about this as simply as, as betrayal. And I think that's a false concept, right? That there's no, there's no betrayal here. There's a rethinking of the foundations of democracy. There's, there's a real serious rethinking in the mid-1980s. And whereas one of the, the key aspects of that solidarity period was that claim that there's no democracy without participation, 
right? Without civic participation, again, that focus on civicness, on creating a new notion for what citizens do, that independent activity, that was so central. By the mid-1980s, so much of the opposition is saying, well, really the basis, the foundation of political democracy is property, right? Is property rights, is having some, uh, uh, right, moving in that market direction. And in this context as well, right, so you have a, a little more distrust of participation, a sense that the 1980-81, uh, that carnival of participation, as it's been called, uh, did not lead to an accord, the sense that we need, um, uh, you know, to move in a market direction, led many in solidarity itself, with the solidarity leadership, to kind of de-emphasize uh, participation itself. Dario Stola, uh, I think, very correctly talked about how Jaruzelski is coming uh, to power and the regime tried to encourage a demobilization of society. But in many ways, right, that, that, that new solidarity opposition tried to do something similar in the, the mid-1980s. That is, they were no longer urging that massive, widespread uh, uh, participation, particularly by 86, 87, when there's an amnesty and possibilities for negotiation with the authorities. Again, negotiations with authorities, which I, I completely support and think that was absolutely necessary to get out of that system, but there was a sense that this we need to have these negotiations, roundtable negotiations, and that a mass kind of participation is something that could, um, uh, that could challenge this. The immediate impetus, the immediate, the last uh, straw, as it were, leading to the roundtable uh, negotiations were strikes workers, strikes by young workers in 1988 in some, in Gdansk, in Krakow, in Novohuta. And uh, the solidarity leadership had very little connection with them. Some of them said, we didn't, we didn't know who they were. Uh, these were young people, some of whom are themselves critical of the ongoing market reforms and the market discussion that is happening at that time. And the solidarity leadership didn't really know who they were. Uh, and uh, that was, again, a, that was a, that, that in, a, an immediate precipitous for the roundtable negotiation because on the one hand, uh, well, you had changes in the party moving, right? Martial law was not succeeding in, in solving any problems for them, in solving any, any economic problems. Solidarity took a very uh, a coherent position that we're not going to help in any kind of way to bring about economic reform without real strong political reform. And solidarity leadership could also and did also point, as it were, that you know, there's this social movement behind us that could get out of control that we're not even in uh, 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 control of. But, but if there's a negotiation between us, solidarity representing uh, the workers, we're still in a position to control that social uprising, but there, <clears throat> there needs to be, there needs to be this, ne these negotiations. Um, and um, on this basis, right, the Roundtable Accords uh, came about 25 years ago this month. Uh, on, there was discussions, as we saw in the little film yesterday, of all kinds, uh, all kinds of 
discussion about politics, about education, about culture, and of course about economics, about mining as well. Uh, on economic issues, solidarity tended to push you know, in a marketizing direction. Someone said, I think in the film, yes, uh, compared to the Balsarovich plant, uh, compared to the radical reform that would uh, ensue in the next year, it was uh, not much. But, but in many key issues, right, they were very sympathetic and uh, uh, calling for these kinds of changes. Yannick Litinsky, a, a good close friend of um, Yatsikur on one of the leaders of that, of that opposition said that uh, during the roundtable court, he, he was head of the, the, the mining discussion about this, discussion about the future of mining, and said, we really didn't have anything, anything to pros, propose except marketization. Uh, again, he would see soon in power that that itself was too, was too little, right? Even Thatcher could not just propose marketization. A lot of, po a lot of politics follows from that. Uh, but that was the sense in which, uh, uh, in which this, this, um, this would have to happen. So after 1989, uh, Anya talked about right, the d discussions within Solidarity, the Round Table Accords, who is going to go into what sphere, into politics or stay behind with the trade union. Um, many went into politics. There were big debates about this. Many who supported the roundtable negotiations stayed apart from entering politics. Valens, of course, did not get into it right away. Frasinyuk, Boyak, heads of the uh, uh, key parts of the Solidarity Movement, stayed away from Parliament and stayed within the trade union. And yet, also, there was a, a change in terms of right, what was seen as necessary now. Who were the, who, who were the heroes? Of this, of this time, who, uh, uh, what kind of cultural, um, yeah, what kind of cultural figures were presented as dominant? So, it was, whereas in 1981 you had a real focus on 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 the worker, the proletarian in the factory who engaged in in strikes and uh, could show, could revive Polish society. 1990, there was a, a, a focus on that person who could get away from the factory, who could set up their own business. Uh, the, the, the Solidarity newspaper uh, starts running in 1990, you know, business English, we're going to move in that direction of a market economy. Now, I, I, I don't mean to say this was all treachery, right? that they shouldn't have done this. Of course, there is a need for so much of this to go on, but at the same time, right, the problem, of course, was that there was this separation with workers, uh, separation with those who had uh, uh, allowed the round tables to come into, into existence. Uh, there was more of a focus on particular interests, right? a category more uh, emblematic of the uh, market society, of the capitalist world they were entering into and moving away from that notion of collective interests. Uh, and over time, and this happened pretty quickly, of a, a split within, within um, Solidarity. There were, there were protests going on, 
1991, by 1992 already, the old trade unions and some uh, foes of solidarity uh, were waging uh, very successful strikes and the solidarity government didn't know what to do. It led to a toppling of the solidarity government and uh, to the shock of so many of 1989. Already in 1993, the former communists, many of whom are now presenting themselves as old-style social democrats, uh, a kind of transformation that has not really been successful to this day, though they always kind of flirt with, on the one hand, being claiming themselves as social democrats and claiming themselves as as new kinds of uh, 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 pro-market socialists, but uh, they were able to come to power in 1993. Uh, and so you had this distinction. Yatsa Kuron uh, was Minister of Labor uh, and uh, served till how long? Till 93, I guess, only. Um, Twice, so to 92 and after 93 for one moment. Okay, for, okay, for one more for, for more time. Soon after, right, by the late 1990s, he did move away from that and, and did regret that very much, right? Uh, uh, he uh, saw himself as having gone too far. He gave a famous quote during that time, you know, when he was first labor minister. People said, ah, oh, but you're a leftist. And he said, look, you know, I used to be a leftist. I want to be a leftist, but I'm acting in a way that is not the actions of a leftist. Uh, I'm trying to promote a market economy, which I think is absolutely central now, and kind of my heart is on the left, but I can't be one now. And uh, you could already see wrestling within that, right, is his, 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 his own dilemma, which later on he, he changed more to that side of moving, moving, um, moving away from that and uh, uh, had a lot of disagreements uh, in the latter part of his life with um, uh, those who had stayed the line that he was part of and in the last years of his life became very close, a, a kind of new father figure to a young generation of anti-globalists, right? Of those young people who had come of age just in the post-communist period, post-1989 period uh, and uh, uh, had returned, returned to that. So, right, this this changing of the ways really solidified in 1989, and of course it had strong political consequences as well, right? It, it created the grounds for the emergence uh, of a, uh, a new right nationalist politics uh, within, within Poland, within that, within that solidarity camp. You saw the right very quickly uh, again, I, I recall being there in 1990, 91, 92, and, and, and seeing how the anger and dissatisfaction with these market reforms is being organized by those who start saying, well, the problem is that you know, we, don't have, we don't have the uh, uh, poles controlling the capitalist industry. The problem is that we don't have enough capitalism, uh, that we don't have enough we don't have enough Polishness here, uh, that the liberals with their atheistic views right, are, 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 are transforming and uh, hurting, hurting the Polish state. In, in many ways, you had the emergence of a lot of class dissatisfaction, right? That, that I mean, 1989 is when capitalism comes and the formation of, uh, beginning formation of different class interests and so it's natural you're going to have that kind of anger and dissatisfaction emerge. And yet you had, right, the solidarity 
leadership or that old liberal leadership is afraid of uh, organizing, of, of allowing, facilitating disagreements along class lines. And so the disagreements start becoming more along, more along national, more along national lines. Uh, whereas on the one hand, right, workers are uh, losing out on the grounds of being workers. Now you have a new narrative emerging from that right that, they're, that, that, that the problem is they're being exploited because they're real traditional poles, right? That cultural narrative which has been very successful in the West as well. So, um, you know, that's the kind, a, a kind of discussion, of course, that to this day is very prominent, not by no means just in Eastern Europe, right? If you look at, uh, well, you look at the, from the National Front in France, uh, to, to, of course, uh, uh, Fidesz or Jobbik in Hungary, uh, attack in Bulgaria, peace plays this line, the uh, Kaczynski's party in Poland, uh, right, very much talking about the uh, economic difficulties and proposing nationalist solutions uh, as ones that will make things, make things better. You know, it's not, it's, uh, so, so you had, right, 1989, that turning point is something, I guess, I would say that was going on from the mid-1980s on, uh, and, right, leads to a situation in which right, you don't have those same divisions. It's, uh, again, created a more, uh, well, a, a less solidaristic politics, for sure. Uh, again, I think the roundtable negotiations itself are uh, what absolutely needed to happen, and yet there was a bit too far a, a withdrawal from their worker base that uh, didn't make sense even from a, a position of democratic politics, right? As we know, I mean, I'm from the United States and uh, uh, the Democratic Party has had a loose relationship with labor always. It's always been a catch-all party and a very business-oriented party. And yet every time at elections, right, they'll come forth and, 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 and try to speak to along class interests, along workers' interests. That's something that you had because of the nature of that system and moving away from it that uh, 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 that opposition tended to move away from that, uh, <coughs> allowing, allowing these big political transformations to come about in Poland today. So with that, I think I'll stop. Thank you very much.